Welcome to another episode of Thoughts of a Techno Wizard. It is Tuesday, June 20th, 7.23 a.m. 2023. Oh, no, not 7.23. Good golly. 7.54 a.m. <laughs> um, and y'all gonna get two episodes today, I guess. Because I completely forgot to publish the last one um, that I did about Apple Vision Pro like a week or so ago, so uh, I guess there'll be two episodes that come out today, if I don't forget to publish this one, (laughs) Um, but yes, had a great weekend, had a great weekend, had a great weekend, Um, went camping with some friends for Juneteenth, and it was absolutely fantastic, Um, the only way it could be better is if we saw more stars, because uh, unfortunately, it was stormy, <laughs> rainy and stormy. Um, the first day actually was it was was like um, no rain or anything like that. It ha- it hit like in the middle of the night, <laughs> at like 3 a.m. The lightning and thunder and rain downpour and everything like that. It was it was really intense. Um, in a little tent, and well, no, we we're kind of in a big tent. <laughs> I was able to borrow um, some tents or a tent from my uh, my job, my coworkers, and um, yeah, that one was much bigger than the other ones that everybody else had. Um, but uh, it was it was a lot. It was a lot. Like it's kind of easy to underestimate a storm these days. Like <laughs> maybe it's just me, but. Even though, yeah, you, you can recognize, oh, yeah, that's a lot of rain. Oh, yeah, the thunder and lightning, so it's loud and all the other stuff. But when you're actually outside and there's nothing between you and that rain and that lightning except for, you know, a, a little tent, <laughs> a little piece of fabric, <laughs> you know, it, it feels, it, it hits a little different. Um, the lightning was so like bright like every time it it hit you can see like it it just seems like it's right in front of you blinding um i had to like put another cover over my head really i wasn't able to sleep until it until it calmed down some more um but yeah it was it was like crazy the thunder same thing you know you just just hear it shaking your bones (laughs) the rain wasn't too bad it was definitely incredibly loud especially when it was really hard but um, I really like the sound of rain. But it was a lot. It was definitely a lot. Um, especially because I was worried that my tent would become un unhitched, unloosed because I had some problems staking the staking the tent down into the ground earlier that day. It took way too long to do that. Um, and they warned me. They was like, "Oh, we we just try to bring a mallet or hammer, you know, something to stake it in." But I just completely forgot. Like, I was looking for it or I couldn't find it or something like that. Like, my mom has two hammers. Um, but I wasn't able to find either one. <laughs> and, um, yeah. I was, earlier that day, I was trying to use rocks and my brush and all this other stuff to hammer it in. But it, it would just, wouldn't go. Um, had to, had to use, like, multiple stakes um and one did come off one did come loose while i was uh 
when it was raining. Luckily, it was near the latter half of the storm, and it was after it calmed down a little bit, I was able to go down, go outside and and fasten it some more. But um, that was definitely terrifying. It had like dreams. <laughs> Before that point, I had dreams that my that the tent was gonna crumple in on us because I didn't do it right <laughs> and get swept away into the into the little lake that we're near. Um, but nah. It was just that one hook, so I just tightened that one, put another stake down, and it was easier because <laughs> thanks to the storm, but, you know, yeah, it was it was a lot, but it was definitely a really, really cool experience. Other than that, we had um, my friend organized the whole thing. They had uh, catering with, like, this, this really healthy, you know, um, meals, kind of using vegan meats and and uh, stuff like that, plenty of fruit and vegetables and, nice, and stuff like that, um, locally sourced. Not at that farm, uh, but I'll talk about that shortly, but very close by. Um, there were some little ducks on the, on the. well, first let me describe the environment. I just kind of jumped in there. <laughs> so we went camping at this, this uh place they found it's like a farm i'm so mad i forgot the name i need to look it up actually um i highly suggest other folks check it out but the actually let me me see if i can look it up real quick there we go so it's called kayana's sunset ranch kayana's sunset ranch and i'll link it in the in the description so coming to this area it's it's about an hour from the city so a little bit of a drive, but not too bad considering of <laughs> many places are an hour for me anyways. Um, but you, once you get get near this place, it's near this place called Villa Rica, <laughs> Villa Rica, Georgia. Um, which is funny because we were looking at this weird house in this area a couple months ago. But that's, a, that's another story. Um, anyway, this... Once you get to near the, near the area, the road leading up to it is like not paved, so it's like this rocky gravel road. Um, I have to go real slow because, well, I don't know. I guess you could probably go faster on the rocky road, but I I did I did not want to because <laughs> you just hear these rocks just going, um, hitting the other side of the car. I was, I was worried, but nonetheless, it's a really long road. You go down, just straight forest internet was 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 getting uh, was going out um and then once you get in there it's really nice you turn into the road there was a couple other places further down i didn't quite see them but on the left hand side was like a red barn um looking building a little shed on on the other side of the road and this beautiful house um that we didn't go into until like the very end (laughs) on the on the the right side when you when you turn in that truck pass so you park in the in the little this little gravelly area um you have to go all the way down we brought our own tent so we didn't have to get theirs uh that my friend bought but uh got all of our stuff and walked it down this gravelly road onto the grass and it's just see this beautiful little lake well more of like more of like a pond it was quite small have some pictures 
but it's uh, very, very nice looking. Um, small little pavilion to one side. A tree, a little tree with a, a swing on it, which is absolutely lovely. Um, back in the day, <laughs> I tried to make a, a, a little tire swing um, at one of my houses. And uh, we never were able to <laughs> really make it work. The tree branch broke or we didn't know how to tie it right or whatever. But this one was up. It, it, it still needs some work. I'll be honest with you. Like it, The swing wasn't quite swinging very well. But it was nice. You can get on it. It was stable. Um, and uh, it was just a nice little piece of land. You see uh, some, some ponies, some, some donkeys and horses on uh to the far left once you turn in some ducks and some geese around and yeah we just got set up in there try to set up our tent so the tent we got sit sleep six people which i didn't really <laughs> realize how big that was um everybody else everybody else's tent sleeps like two or three people um so they were like considerably smaller. You could probably set their camp, their tent up inside the tent that we got. Um, but yeah, it wasn't too bad to set it up. The hardest part was just getting everything staked down. And that took forever. Because, you know, I didn't have the right materials and like the the, the floor that we, we chose. Because I wanted to, you know, have it facing the lake so we can wake up and look at the lake <laughs> when, we, when we get up. But unfortunately, that part was a little bit more solid the ground like it wasn't as grassy it was grassy but not as grassy as lush as the other areas that pick, people picked under the trees and stuff like that um, but I thought you weren't supposed to put tents under trees just in case you know a branch fell or something like that um, luckily nothing did fall <laughs> when it started raining and I guess that helped them too when it like there wasn't as much um, you know, rain coming down on them. Well, for some people, unfortunately. <laughs> Since many of us were new to it, to this, we didn't realize that the many folks had their uh, rain rain catcher things um, on wrong. And so a lot of people got wet that night. So that was unfortunate. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, it was a, it was a nice little, little time once we got it set up. Um, had a whole bunch of like different activities to do so we did some journaling some yoga some uh, meditation it was like a healing retreat type of thing you know for Juneteenth which is which is really cool um, just just communing you know talking with each other and stuff like that over a campfire that night made some s'mores all that good stuff um, so yeah it was it was a really really cool experience um, and that night when the rain started coming down, like it was, <laughs> it was like otherworldly. Um, once I actually calmed down, I was able to get a little bit more sleep. I was like, yeah, this is, this is pretty nice. <laughs> um, definitely wish I had even more padding for the ground. My brother was like, you're camping, man. You, you don't gotta, you're supposed to be a little bit uncomfortable. I'm just like, nah, <laughs> I need me some more comfort because my bones my old bones, <laughs> you know, so this, my, I woke up all sore, I mean, it was hard to get to sleep because, you know, any position was uncomfortable, 
Um, but uh, it was nice overall. And um, what else? What else? Oh, yeah. So the dude that owns the farm, he's a really cool person. Really interesting character. Um, so it's a black-owned farm. And his story was, like, really fascinating. He came down to talk to us. And um, this truck came back again. Sorry, this is garbage day, so this truck just around. All right. Probably should have did, did, did that before, like, pause it while I was passing the, uh, the lawnmower people as well. But, yeah, whatever. Y'all hear these sounds <laughs> that I'm around. It's another downside of, of, you know, living in a freaking suburb, um, which I'll talk about shortly as well, because it is really... So, anyways, um, so, yeah, the dude came down to, to tell us about his story. Um, you can kind of see his house from where we were, where we were at. It was kind of like hidden behind trees, um, a, little, a little ways away. But, um, yeah, he was just saying how... He well before I, before I get into all that because that will lead to everything else I want to talk about today. <laughs> Leave you on the cliffhanger real quick. Um, I did forget the ducks. Oh my gosh, those ducks were so freaking wild. Like, or I should say, sociable. Um, I imagine it's because they know they can get food from 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 people, but like, they were just like walking around us. Um, like they would get really close too. Like we were doing yoga and they were just walking up between people just you know you know doing a little waddling little quacks which is funny because i didn't realize like it, it doesn't really sound quite like a quack if you ever heard a duck up close um it's a kind of a stranger sound they have like a like a click um and like a ah. <laughs> uh, which is understandable why we, we in, in in english we use the word quack it's, it's probably the quirk of the closest we can get to that sound um, but yeah, it's a very interesting sound when you're like actually up close to them. Um, kind of heard ducks before, but never that up close and repeatedly. So, but yeah, they were, they were like just walking up, looking at us. <laughs> it was so funny cause it was two of them. It was like a, a white duck with the orange bill and orange feet and then, uh, a white mottled brownish duck, um, with the, the kind of like greenish beak, um, and they were just like walking the, the whole day, the whole weekend, you know, they were <laughs> following each other, just, just quacking and, and waddling around, you know, <laughs> like they were the only two ducks there. And there's a story around that, which, I, which I'll share shortly. But, um, yeah, they, they just look so sociable, like just talk, they just look like they were just talking to each other the entire time <laughs> with the way they were just like, you know, quack back and forth. Um, it was just really, really interesting to see. And um, when we got to eat, they would just come up to the table and just be looking at us. <laughs> um, we didn't feed them, at least at first. The second, the second day, I, f I feel like <laughs> people were just like, you know, whatever. You know, they already, you know, uh, they already know to eat. They, they already got to come around. This is their place. And a lot of people come here, apparently. Um, but yeah, those ducks were just really, really, really fun interesting little ducks um but yeah so the dude that owns the farm by the name of uh gazi gazi uh he man his story was wild so he was 
Um, he went to jail <laughs> when he was uh, like 14 or something like that, 16, for like four, four, four to eight years. I think it was eight years um, when he was young. And this was back in the 70s or was it 80s? Might have been the 80s. Um, and he was saying how, you know, they put him in like solitary confinement. And he was like one of only like four people in the entire <laughs> jail in solitary confinement. Um, and what he was saying was that like when he was in there, it was really wild because the, uh, the other four people, two of them were like having this conversation at, at one point. Where there was another young 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 kid there, uh, who was about his age, but he wouldn't get out for another like uh, 40, 30, 40 years or something like that. Um, and the other dude was gonna stay there for life. So the younger dude was like, "Oh, you know, I only got you know 30, 40 years. When I when I get out, you know, I'm, I I still want to try to start a family and you know, get a job and all this other stuff." Um, try to have grandkids. <laughs> um, so he had like dreams of what he wanted to do when he get out, when he got out. But the other dude, he was like, "Oh, you ain't, you ain't never gonna get out, man. <laughs> you know, not gonna be able to do nothing even if you do get out." Blah 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 blah. And so, Gazi, when he heard this, he was like, "Dang, that's crazy." Like, you know, one dude still had dreams <laughs> of of what he wants to do with his life, and the other didn't. So. He was like, man, I, I have to get out of here. And when I do, I'm not coming back, you know, doing all sorts of things. I'm going I'm to try to do something big. So when he got out, he eventually was able to, um, you know, get enough money to purchase purchase a, a property. And turns out the property over, you know, where that he got was like basically as much as what you would <laughs> buy a house with. Right. Like around here where I'm from, um, in South Georgia, really all around Georgia places, Georgia and probably many other places, houses cost between like 200,000 and 300,000, but you could probably find a house for like 150, but it's not going to be that good. It's going to be all right. Um, most like the average house is probably around 200,000 to 300. And of course they go way, way, way more, more than that. But he bought this land for a little bit less than that for like 180,000 or something like that. 25 acres. Uh, and um, like he didn't know anything about farming, <laughs> so he, when he bought it, he, he bought like some cows and chickens and all this other stuff. And he was like on Instagram, be like, "What these cows eat? You know, feed them Doritos or something." <laughs> so he he would just like figure stuff out just by doing it and, and like asking people for help. And um, you know that's how he got a lot of a lot of these stuff, a lot of these, you know. A lot of the stuff that he has now is basically just just learning, you know, looking up on YouTube, asking people on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Um, the community in that area, you know, some other other older black folk would come over and, and show them show them how to do things, like show them how to fish, show them how to take care of his, his of his chickens and all this other stuff. Um, so just to hear his story was was really really fascinating. Uh, he's a really impersonable, really personable guy, and. Um, Honestly, it was really inspiring for me, too, because that's, as you know, um, you know, this is exactly the sort of thing I was talking about. It's like trying to build commu community spaces and um, and uh, going back to the land, you know, being able to grow food and all this other stuff. Right. 
but you know me being technically sort of a city boy like i don't really have a huge amount of experience with <laughs> with this sort of thing you know i've been growing a little bit of food in my backyard um you know used to have like little field trips of farms when i was younger but nothing like this so here you know it was it was the first time i was really up close and personal to this sort of thing and really heard somebody's story um who is a farmer now right and it was just really inspiring to hear that he had like no experience you know out of jail and all this other stuff but he was able to make this place work and what really blew me blew me away too was like two things so number one the fact that he has like a bunch of things going on in this farm like every week or something like that right he has people come over and do different events like the the the, the week before we came or a couple weeks before we came there was a huge like um black homesteading event where a bunch of black folks would come around from from around the country and learn how to how to farm and stuff like that you know he had like survival training over there he has like uh, people just come to do events uh, he has like this event space which is in that house i was talking about earlier really beautiful space um once again it's called sunset ranch so there's actually pictures on on google you can see the the space is very beautiful and um yeah it was just really really fascinating to hear that he's not just you know farming he's also creating like a space for people to come and do things and there was even a story behind like the ranch in and of itself which he was telling um yeah i guess i'll go ahead and share it uh, just in case you never get to go <laughs> wherever he's listening to this but like and hearing, hearing him say is probably way more impactful, but um, basically, like, his wife um, wasn't able to have kids, and they, they knew that from a, from, she knew that from a young age, um, but when they, when she got together with him, who has, like, nine kids, apparently, you know, before he met her, um, she was able to, you know, get pregnant, um, but unfortunately, with that first kid, they had a, 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 a she was stillborn that first child and you know they were very of course a freaking traumatic experience um but they tried again a few years later and um they were able to have uh another child who who was you know healthy uh, which was which was wild because again she had this um condition where she was expected not to be able to have children and but with the first child what they did was um the reason why it's called um Kayana's sunset farm or ranch is because they you know that, that was the name of the child uh that was stillborn and they were like you know she may be passed on but we, you know she can get new life right and so they they kind of created this farm in honor of her and they've even been doing like events um where they go out and and, and help other folks process through that like it's basically that's what that was that's what was interesting that we went on this kind of like retreat camp out thing that was sort of like a healing experience for us it was also happened to be at this farm that was also like a healing type of farm right like they, they regularly do events for women who have lost their children and you know um as a kind of like a healing experience um it was even, even as one child who they brought through brought there that was you know terminally ill he had like terminal cancer um and he were, he wanted to go to a farm before he passed so he went there um before he passed and now they're gonna you know create a 
a like a garden for him and uh that sort of thing is just it's just so beautiful to me um or like even through you know that amount of tragedy and trauma and stuff like that you can you can have this beautiful experience just because you know by caring for people right like having a communal experience and, and really really letting people grieve and and work through you know these sorts of things and you know really showing that you care so that was really cool that was, that was one thing that I saw that was really um fantastic about this is that that sense of community that was there and number two is um this dude's basically solo punk right <laughs> He, like, he lives the, the idea of it, even though he doesn't even know what that is. Um, so, the before we left, we did, like, a, a tour. And he showed us, you know, his 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 uh, chickens and donkeys and things like that. Oh, my gosh. The donkeys are so freaking sociable, too. Like, <laughs> they really love, love pets. I didn't even know that. But, like, when we came into the area, you just saw them just, just rushing over to, <laughs> to come in, see who's here. Um, and it's funny because the horses were in the same yard, right? In the same area with the donkeys and the chickens. But the horses went away. They just went to their little corner and they didn't come out until we left again. <laughs> but the donkeys, they, they love people. Um, so the donkeys came over, you know, you know, was getting pets. Um, there was a, a mom and a, and a little uh, a baby one. Even though he, he was, he was, he was kind of big, yeah. Because <laughs> they grow up, you know, pretty fast. But you could tell he was young, but he still had his, uh, his, his first coat very soft trash is here again sorry garbage day but yeah um yeah so he was telling us all sorts of really amazing things about how you know they they basically work together right so um the chickens he has them in his mobile coop his mobile chicken coop where you know he would place it down in one area and all the chickens would be in there and eat all the grass and poop and stuff like that and then once all the grass is eaten up he would move it to another area and of course you know the chicken um, poop is, is very nutrient rich so it that ground becomes way more fertile becomes you know super fertile and you can then grow things on it later on um, and so that's that's you know a big that's how he you know fertilizes a lot of the land with these chickens and then um, he was learning a lot about how, like, how these, um, how all the farm animals basically look out for each other um, in terms of predators. So what he didn't realize, he, again, he didn't know anything about anything, right? So he got a bunch of chickens the first year he he, he, he did this. Um, and he got a rooster, of course, because he was like, you know, I need to make some more chickens. Um, but he came back, uh, like, a few weeks later, you know, it was at some point he came back and saw, like, the rooster's head was gone. <laughs> the bruiser was dead. Its head was gone. Apparently, you know, raccoons or, you know, some other thing, foxes or whatever, likes to eat the heads of roosters. <laughs> so he ended up getting, you know, people were telling him about, you know, get a donkey or whatever. And so when you get the donkeys, they apparently look, they apparently can spot predators, like, really well. And whenever they do, they make their, that donkey noise when um, they, they sense, you know, a predator close or they see a predator close and then all the chickens can know, oh, there's something here. I need to go hide. Right. <laughs> and then also, you know, there's, there's this thing called chicken hawks, which come down and will eat the chickens. So <laughs> uh, if you have pigeons in the area, there's pigeons that are local to the area where they would actually fight the hawks. They would fight the hawks 
So <laughs> if a hawk tries to come by, you know, the donkey is, is making his noise and the pigeons know, oh, there's a hawk going by. Or maybe the pigeon saw it first and it will like fight the hawk so to, to protect the chickens. Mm -hmm. Like maybe they don't know they're protecting the chickens, but they, they just don't like hawks apparently. <laughs> um, so they will fight them off. Uh, and then, you know, what else was he saying? There's a couple other things that I probably forgot at this point. But like, yeah, it was just really, really cool to see like this, this back and forth uh, with nature and things like that how everything you know kind of feeds into each other um oh yeah the donkeys you know of course eating the grass um so like you don't need to mow the lawn or anything like that and also they also eat most of the bugs the, the if you let just the chickens out and the donkeys they would eat most of the you know the grass and the bugs and things like that and the ducks too they, the ducks eat everything so they would you know you don't need any pesticides and they keep everything fertile they keep everything clean um, you know, the chickens, they constantly, uh, <laughs> make eggs, which is funny. Like when he got the chickens, he didn't realize that they were, they were, they would make eggs all the time. So he, <laughs> when he, when they first made eggs, uh, he got them. He's like, oh, wow, I got, I got some eggs. What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> do I need to wash them? All this other stuff. So people, you know, told him, oh, you don't actually need to wash them because if you don't wash them, they stay longer, you know, cause they have like a film on there that, that, that's not like a natural preservation. Um, and you can feed the chickens the chicken eggs which sounds kind of crazy but it is it's naturally what they do because the chicken eggs are a huge sense of protein right um and you can actually feed many things you know chicken eggs like cats and donkeys and things like that and it helps their coat and helps their digestive system all those other things so it's it's really fascinating how that how that works um and then oh yeah so so we <laughs> When he got the first uh, batch of eggs, he came back the next day and there was more eggs. He was like, "What? Where did these come from?" Like, <laughs> uh, so he did, he had to learn that you know they the chickens they constantly produce eggs and those eggs won't be fertile unless you get a rooster and you know the rooster will will inseminate them and then you can have more chickens, more hens. So he was learning all this on the job essentially, <laughs> um, and it was just it was just really inspiring for me to see to be honest with you because. For some some reason, it, like, well, I I know that farming is a lot of work, right? Just because growing up, I did a lot of like planting foods, and with my mom, she always wanted to do a garden of some sort and you know plant vegetables. So I know it's, it, I know it's a lot of work, <laughs> um, but the way he was he was going about it too shows that you can put more into it, especially when you call on like community to help you out. Yet a lot of people come out and, and help him. Um, learning stuff and things like that and there's different elements to it right like he only just recently started planting um different types of food uh, or actually no he he, he tried <laughs> at first but he again he didn't know what he was doing he just bought a whole bunch of seeds and was just throwing them down <laughs> he would just dig holes and throw a whole bunch of seeds down like a fistful of seeds at a time <laughs> and things would just you know whatever grows grows so at first, like, I think it was like the watermelons were the only ones that, that really grew or watermelons and some other things that really grew. And they were like just going everywhere. But now he has like a, his wife helps him to, to create like an actual plan. Some other folks, you know, were saying, you know, here's things that, that here's how you can plan it out essentially. Right. Um, so that was really cool to see. Uh, he was talking about how, you know, there's different parts of the land that, that had ground that didn't seem to be fertile. So. You know, when he bought those cows, he just let them poop everywhere. <laughs> um, and, you know, of course, that, that fertilized a lot of the land. Uh, he eventually got rid of the cows because it was, it was, he said it was a lot, it was a lot of work for him. 
but that also showed me that oh or duh you don't have to like do things that you don't like doing like <laughs> you know for some reason when I, I get in my head that you know when you have a farm you have to do it a certain way but no he shows that you can just do whatever you know works for you so he's doing it like a little piece at a time you know there's parts that are just wild I just like obviously he doesn't do anything with it but he has like plants later down the line to the oh put a garden there or put this there you know um, so do a little bit at a time and only do what he you know feels comfortable doing so like the cows was too much for him so now he just leaves it with the donkeys and the chickens um, and the horses um, horses aren't like crazy horses they like they were relatively cheap um, because a lot of apparently like a lot of older folks who have horses they just they basically give them away <laughs> when they when they uh, pass um, so that's how he gets you know a lot of his horses for cheap um, the chickens were super cheap like you can you can buy a bunch of chickens for like a dollar a couple dollars or something like that it's it's wild um so yeah it it was just it was just really cool to see all that you know in action and by a person who like doesn't know like he he he's not a farmer like he doesn't have none of this experience he was just figuring out as he went so you know that taught me a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot so definitely you know feel more inspired to to uh, do something like that um soon as i have enough money to you know purchase a home instead of purchasing purchasing some some home some stupid sub suburbia or even in the city I, I'm, I'm probably going to do something like that right and apparently in the u.s you can even get away with like calling yourself a farm with just like half an acre of land and some chickens and a, and, a, and a donkey or something like that some chickens and um or maybe just chickens or something like that right but yeah you can you can call yourself a farm with very little <laughs> uh relative stuff and um you get a lot of government um, write-offs and things like that for it. And it's crazy because a lot of white folks do this, but a lot of black folks don't know about this, right? So you have this kind of problem, um, which I've seen elsewhere in terms of land land uh, trust as well, where a lot of white folks know about these programs and you know do that to you know essentially build their own you know generational wealth in a way. But a lot of black people. You know, especially from the hood or these different urban areas, don't know anything about this op these opportunities, and um, that's also something that that I that I would love to be able to help more people learn about, um, especially disenfranchised folks that like otherwise, you know, don't really have much opportunities or you know always kind of fighting the system. You know, this sort of thing is is easier than you think. Right? You don't need to know everything. You don't need to. You know have a whole bunch of money and stuff like that like um a lot of, and there's so much land that you can easily like bring like 20 30 40 people right so you don't have to have all the money yourself you can just you know try to do it with your family this that's what i'm gonna do right like i don't really like the idea of just have, being one single farmer you know in the house like nah i want like my entire family be there my friends you know build a community uh, it's another truck passing. But yeah, for me, I think it would be really, really amazing to like have a whole bunch of people that I really enjoy being around, living on this land, and we can like build little houses on it, um, and you know do little projects and stuff like that. Like my partner, she really loves goats, so she's <laughs> gonna try to get some goats. Um, the chickens seem pretty cool. And you can have a whole ecosystem of like different animals helping each other out. Um, 
And something I would want to do is like have a tech, tech, tech you know, of course, a tech, tech lab or something like that, right? Like a technology center where, you know, I want to build or find some sensor sensors that you can place all around the land to be able to sense if predators are close or, or even like translate the animals kind of communications into different, you know, uh, signals that we can understand. So the fact that the donkey, you know, makes a noise when the predator is here. Oh, that means we can we can digitize that, right? We can that's data, right? You can turn that into a system that says, okay, when Docky, you know, makes this sound, you know, notify me or something like that, right? Or better yet, I want to build like a virtual map, you know, <laughs> big into XR. So build like a XR map of the of the farmland, and whenever there's like one of these signals going off, or the sensor senses anything, the animal makes a noise, then it pops up on the virtual map. So you can kind of map out where the predators are coming from, or all this sort of thing but not just that like also like mapping out the land for what's fertile you know um what's the, like the process like how fast or or whatever that you can fertilize the land with the chicken poop or the cow poop or whatever um you know what's the level of fertilization you know how long can we plant there before you need to rotate out stuff like that like i would love to build these sorts of tools that helps people to really manage the land uh more efficiently um but not just efficiently but like more with more engagement right because i even though i know he he enjoys that and i might enjoy some parts of it but there are a lot of people who just simply won't <laughs> right and so I, I i do think it's really important to make that process easier for different types of people right because i really do believe that other people can have this sort of lifestyle even if they don't have a farm right like most people in america have some sort of yard Right, because we're forced to live in this freaking single-family zoning areas, um, and there's no reason why you can't have like some chickens in your yard, <laughs> right? Maybe even a donkey or two or something like that, right? Like, um, or just gardening. But it is difficult to do that sort of thing because you have to figure out what's what's local to the area, what you can grow. Like apparently, some was somebody on the who came with us on the on the um, somebody you know who came on the retreat um, grows like passion fruit. And I didn't even know passion fruit was, was like, it's not local to the area per se, but it does grow in the area because it's a similar, you know, environment to where it, it usually grows. Um, and I had no idea. And I love passion fruit. So I'm definitely going to try, you know, some of that as well. But like there's these sorts of things that you would never know um, by just, you know, looking around or just trying to figure things out sometimes. Sometimes you, like it's, it's good to have like a repository of information or being able to look up stuff like or like you don't want to just just like leave it up to looking up stuff either right because the reason why i want to build like a certain type of platform or repository that can like scan the land and show you what's available is because a lot of times you don't know what to look for like you don't know what you're doing like you don't know what you what you don't know so i i find that as a big problem with today's like internet is that it's, it's highly search based so you have to like search up things you're like oh what can i plant here or what can i do here or whatever and you're kind of dependent on either A, asking the right questions, or B, somebody having an answer, <laughs> right? Um, or C, like even trying to find that amongst the whole, the, 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 the hay, uh, find that needle of information in the, the haystack of, of just misinformation or advertisements or bullcrap, right? So I want to create like a platform that, that, you know, automates a lot of this stuff. And I think that's, why, that's where you can use a lot of AI things for not just making up stuff but like being able to parse that data of like okay scan the land 
uh, what's the nutrients of that land? What's the nutrients content of the soil? You know, what kind of things can grow here, right? Crawling across the internet to find all the things that are native to different types of environments and cross-reference that with your climate to say, okay, maybe this is native to like this environment in Africa, but because of the way the globe works and climate works, you know, you can have a, that, that subtropical environment might also be, you know, um, similar to, to this environment to where you can actually grow the same types of food with no issues, right? That's actually how a lot of America grew so fast. That's a big reason why, you know, they enslaved a lot of Africans, to be honest with you, is because a lot of the land across uh, the East Coast of America is very similar to a lot of the land across the, um, the West Coast of Africa, right? Because of, you know, plate tectonics and stuff like that it used to be one continent. So, yeah, like, having all this sort of data and stuff like that is something that really excites me. Uh, like when he was telling us all the stories about the, the the ecosystem, I just I just kept imagining like uh, <laughs> having being able to map out that that system. Uh, it just really excited me for some reason, uh, even though that, that that's probably like super nerdy and like most people would be like, what? I don't care about that. <laughs> that's fine. I think it's interesting for me. And maybe some people will care. Um, and I would love to be able to like almost like talk to the land and the animals through this technology right because if i can if we can map out certain signals to to understand what these animals are saying um even if it's not like a super complicated language like i'm not saying that they're you know actually having a in-depth philosophical conversation but <laughs> they may you know they, they understand a little bit about the world they, they live in right um even more than us because they have different sorts of senses different perceptions and all this other stuff so if we can understand those those signals then maybe we can imitate those signals and you know signal back um and i think that just, that just really excites me <laughs> that little little doctor do little type of stuff again i don't expect to like talk to these animals like i would another human but i think being able to communicate with nature is just like back and forth i think is is incredibly powerful you know it really tickles my techno animist techno spiritualist you know um feelings there but yeah yeah, it was it was just a wonderful retreat, wonderful. Um, and it was a lot of a lot of stuff about the people there that was really great too. I just didn't want to talk about that because, like you know, I don't want to pit people's business out there. <laughs> um, that was more on a personal level. But um, what was really fascinating too is like when we first, for the first couple of hours when we were doing all these activities, we never really asked each other what uh, <laughs> what each person does, like for their career or activity or things like that. And it wasn't until um, uh, Ghazi came, the dude that owns the farm, came. Um, well, he asked us, you know, what do each of us do? Because he thought, like, we were one, you know, group or something like that, like a, like a company. Because he has, you know, company groups come through or different organization groups come through. But I was like, no, we, like, most of us haven't even met each other before today. <laughs> um, and he, like, he thought that was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Um, so he asked what all of us do. And there was, like, a lot of different jobs and things like that. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't even know that. Like that's that's awesome. Like there was a person who does UX research. I was like, damn, I would love to you know learn more about UX research and talk to somebody on that end. Um, there was somebody that does like you know woodwork, and another person that does like resin, uh, another person that does you know freaking um, herbalism and all this other stuff. Like there's so many really really cool, interesting you know um, hobbies and jobs and all that other stuff. So yeah, I, I would definitely love to connect with everybody um or work together but just also just socialize and things like that 
and um, yeah, again, it was just a wonderful experience. I felt really, really, really um, to steal somebody else's you know word that they had uh, for the day. I felt very full, right? My heart was very full. Felt very connected. Um, was able to be very vulnerable, but also very, you know, inspired, I suppose. And uh, yeah, it was just it was just cool stuff, man. Really cool stuff. So definitely want to do it again. Go camping there or somewhere else um, in the future. Definitely want to go there again, though, to just learn more about the farm. Maybe even do like a week long stay. And just see if I actually like farming, like the farming process, because um, I'm still not sure about. Like I, there was more that I liked about it than I thought I would. Like I say that, like I like being able to pet donkeys and look at the chickens and feed them and all this other stuff. Um, hopefully, be able to you know pet pet the horses one day, um, the ducks, feeding all the different animals around, learning about how you know they all interact with each other. You know, I don't mind gardening. I'm not a huge fan of it myself. Um, but I don't mind it. Like, my, I always help out my, my mom and whoever else needs help to, to garden and stuff like that. Like, it's, I'm comfortable with it. It's just, you know, not a passion for me, per se. Um, but I do like the idea of being able to, like, map things out more and, you know, visualize things digitally. And I would love to do more of that going forward, so... That's probably another project I'm going <laughs> to tack on to myself, um, try to do. But what else? Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably it for now. Um, it was just a, a great, great weekend, great extended weekend, great Juneteenth. Probably the best one yet. <laughs> you know, I haven't really celebrated Juneteenth a whole lot like that. Um like, I didn't even realize it was, like, an actual holiday until, like, a, a few years ago. So, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it was, it was, it's been really fantastic. Shout out to my job for actually respecting the holidays. <laughs> they had a day off for that. Um, didn't have to take PTO or anything like that. Um, shout out to all those awesome folks there. Shout out to the farm. Definitely go check out Kayana Sunset Ranch if you uh, like. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, I guess I'll end it there. As always, thanks for listening. And uh, don't be afraid to be revolutionary. Don't be afraid to be radical. Don't be afraid to be local. <laughs> Get your hands dirty. Touch grass. Um, touch dirt. <laughs> you know, farm a little bit. And see where things go. Without further ado, have a great day, I guess. <laughs> have a great day, yes. Have a great day. And keep being awesome. See you. Bye-bye.